Daily. You're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Curiosity.com. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn about a theory from AI about why we have weird dreams, how paleontologists know how old dinosaurs are, and why a healthy grip means a healthy body. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Artificial intelligence takes inspiration from the human brain. That means the more we know about our brains, the better AI can be. But AI can also teach us about our own brains. That's why an AI researcher just published a theory for why we have such weird dreams. They might be the brain's way of helping us perceive the world more accurately. It all has to do with how AI learns. Let's say we wanted to teach an artificial neural network to look at images and tell us what they are. To do this, first, the artificial neural network needs to learn from examples of images labeled with what they are, usually millions of them. Training an artificial neural network on labeled images might allow them to differentiate between a dog and a cat, for example, or to detect even more subtle differences like distinguishing between a cat and a cougar. But the problem is, sometimes the data that an AI is trained on has quirks that let the AI learn the wrong thing. For example, if most of the images of a cougar are taken outdoors, it may learn that being on green grass is a particular characteristic of a cougar. Then, fail to recognize one if, for instance, it ends up on your back deck. Yikes! This error in generalizing data is called overfitting. Right now, one of the most common ways researchers avoid it is by using what's called dropout. In the training data, scientists randomly block out parts of the image in the hopes that the neural network will learn to focus on the critical parts of the image rather than the specific quirks, like the grassy ground in an image of a cougar. This helps the AI to do a better job of categorizing images it hasn't seen before. The new research from Eric Hole at Tufts University suggests that human brains may overfit too. Dreams, especially weird ones, might help the brain to generalize experiences, just like they might for artificial intelligence. Seeing your mom's face on an elephant's body or feeling the sidewalk turn into quicksand might be the brain's version of adding black boxes to our training data. We know a little bit about what can prompt dreams in humans, and one trigger is performing a new task over and over. The research suggests that the reason this triggers dreams is because the brain realizes it's in danger of overfitting, so it uses dreams to compensate. So, it might just be that the bizarre nature of a dream world helps us cope in the hard reality of the real world. Thanks, brain. Here's a question. When a paleontologist discovers a new dinosaur fossil, how do they know whether it's an adult or a baby? I mean, if they don't know how big it's supposed to be, then how do they know how old it was when it died? Well, the answer is that they look at the rings. Yeah, kind of like how you would age a tree. Now, despite the impression that you might get from museums, fossilization is actually pretty rare. Most things die and decompose in a way that doesn't leave remains to be found millions of years later. That means that paleontologists often have very little to work with. As a result, the majority of known skeletons are incomplete. Sue the T-Rex, whose fossil stands in the Field Museum in Chicago, is the most complete T-Rex skeleton ever found. And even she 
is missing more than 100 of the approximately 380 bones that should be there. So when a new species is discovered, often one skeleton tells us everything we know about the species. And that's why it's important that paleontologists have a way to know whether an animal was fully grown. Knowing that would tell us a lot about how it lived. But that can be tough when there aren't other members of the same species to compare with. I mean, imagine if the only human fossil we found was Shaquille O'Neal. Not exactly a typical human, right? So, the way researchers figure out the age is by cutting open a bone. Usually a long bone, like the femur or thigh bone. Just like cutting down a tree reveals growth rings in its trunk, cutting across a femur reveals growth rings in the bone. Now, of course, dinosaurs aren't trees, so their rings appear for a slightly different reason. It's because wild animals grow more rapidly in the spring and summer, when the climate is warmer and there's more food available. This rapid growth causes the bone to produce a layer of capillaries that help it get the extra nutrients it needs. So each summer, a new layer of capillaries is created, and these are fossilized as rings. One ring for each year. From this data, scientists not only learn how old the dino was when it met its unfortunate end, they can also learn about its growth patterns. For example, by analyzing the varying thickness of growth rings and T-Rex skeletons, scientists learned that teenage Tyrannosaurus had huge growth spurts, just like humans. So that must be why there aren't any single T-Rexes. Why? Because they all put a ring on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. That's why. Yep. How good is your grip? Can you open a jar unassisted? What about something as simple as taking the trash to the curb? It turns out that your grip strength has a strong connection to your overall health. And if it's lacking, you may want to step up your exercise routine. When researchers behind a 2014 study set out to measure how fast different groups of people tend to age, they didn't look at their number of gray hairs or wrinkles. They didn't even look at medical measures like blood pressure or cholesterol. Instead, they measured the strength of each person's grip. Researchers and physicians rely on this easy measurement because evidence shows that a weak grip predicts all sorts of things, from longer hospital stays to disability and early death. Of course, just working out your hands won't guarantee survival. Grip strength is predictive because it's a sign of health in other parts of your body. Frail muscles in your hands probably mean frail muscles elsewhere. And an inability to close your hand fully could signify neurological issues. One study of 9-11 first responders even found that those with PTSD and depression had a weaker grip than those with better mental health. But despite the fact that it's a canary in the coal mine for other health problems, grip strength itself is still important in old age. After all, that's when the ability to grasp a countertop while walking or grab the arm of a chair while sitting can mean the difference between a safe arrival and a broken hip. To measure grip strength, experts use a specialized device called a dynamometer. But you can use something as simple as an analog bathroom scale to watch for differences in your strength from month to month. Weightlifters and other athletes have targeted exercises to build hand musculature, but for the rest of us, just getting enough exercise is one of the best ways to maintain strength into old age. 
Let's recap today's takeaways, starting with the fact that we might have weird dreams to help us perceive the world more accurately. This comes from a concept in AI called dropout, which is where scientists block out parts of images to help train systems to recognize things more accurately. Seeing something weird might be your brain's version of blocking out part of an image. Pretty cool. Very cool. Dreams have been such a mystery for so long. And I love the idea that maybe the weirdest dream you've ever had was actually your brain trying to make you better at life. I think that's so cool. We are robots. Beep, beep, boop. <laughs> exactly. And we learned that dinosaur bones are kind of like trees because growth rings appear when you cut into the bones the same way you'd find tree rings by cutting open a tree. Rings appear in the bones because wild animals grow faster in the spring and summer, which makes the bone create a layer of capillaries to help it get extra nutrients. So you get a new layer and a new ring for every year the animal was alive. Pretty neat. And we also learned that grip strength is a good indicator of overall health, since frail muscles in your hands probably means frail muscles in your body. And an inability to close your hand all the way could mean neurological issues. The best way to improve your grip strength is just by exercising regularly. And if you want to measure yours over time, just grip an analog bathroom scale. Yeah, there's some weird stuff about how exercising some muscles in your body can make other muscles that are completely unrelated stronger. Like if you only exercise your left arm, your right arm will still get a little bit stronger. It's wild. Wow. I think that comes down to the nerves rather than the muscles, but it's still really cool. And that's why being strong overall will give you better grip strength. Wow. And for the update that nobody asked for, I'm eight or nine weeks into working out a few times a week. So that's great. Wow. That's two months. Thank you. I know. I know. I'm pumped. How are you feeling? Better. But I'm doing like a yoga with some calisthenics and it was really hard the other day. And I was like, you know what? I need better. I need better lung capacity. Like I've just got to do cardio. You know, yoga is really good because it strengthens your core. And when your core is strong, every part of your body is stronger because everything you do from every step you take to everything you do with your arms, it all relies on your core. Everything's easier with that. But if you can't breathe, that's no good. So I'm going to go for a run after we record. Right. I would I would also say that when you have good cardiovascular fitness, everything is easier also. So, right. Cardio is important. Yeah. Let that be a lesson. And hopefully if you're listening, you're here in the U.S., get outside, stretch out a little bit. Well, the summer's here. Weather's nice. It's a good time for that. Definitely. Today's writers were Brianna Brownell and Cameron Duke. Our managing editor is Ashley Hamer, who is also a writer on today's episode. Our producer and audio editor is Cody Goff. Get a grip. Then join us again tomorrow to learn something new in just a few minutes. And until then, stay curious. Stay curious.